0: welcome to the minnesotan pod today we kind of turn things upside down kind of like 2020 Uh, instead of me interviewing a guest i'm the interviewee and our special guest is john king who's going to do all the interviewing should be a first class show just like the minnesotan first class store you want vintage they got it you want unique they got it you want minnesotan stuff they got it. Check it out. Either go online uh, using the YHH code of, of YHH and get 15% off or go into their awesome store which is basically like a museum of Minnesota. Uh, you get 15% off. Just use YHH when you check out. Should be a great show. Hope you enjoy it. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring. Bound by wild desire, I fell into a ring of fire. Are you ready to fall into a ring of fire? Yes, I am. Are you nervous? Yeah, because I don't know any of the questions, and I don't know what you're going to ask me. So this is going to be completely ad-libbed. There could be some humor. There could be some duds. I think it will be a little bit in between, too.
1: I, uh, I'm i going to loosen you up because right. I've had a terrible morning already, so this will be a highlight for me.
0: Well, you said you were going to be late. What what made it so
1: terrible? Okay, so I've been late my whole life, but I have a, a partner in my new company, and he told me basically... Let's not be late. So I've been I really I've been really love trying it. to work on this and
0: So you're doing well. You're, you're- well.
1: So here's what happened. I um I was going to work out uh, because they reopened the health club. Yeah. And so I drive at The Will Anderson Health Club. At the Will Anderson <laughs> Health Club. I drive over to the Lifetime and I'm I park and I'm walking in and I realize I've forgotten my little duffel bag with my change of clothes. How far from your house is it? 10 minutes. Just far enough to be super annoying. You know when you leave your cell phone in the car when you walk into the yeah. You know, so, so I uh I go back to my house, but now I'm realizing I'm going to be late. So I decide I'm going to do the executive workout. Ooh, I'm just going to go in and shower. That's and it. Then I, it's, and I'm kind of excited it, about it.
0: Oh, I know where this is
1: going. <laughs> so I've never done it. I'm like, this is going to be great. I can. Uh, I'm going to go in. I'm just going to shower. I might get a coffee. And so I walk in, and um, I said to the lady at the front desk, "I go, hey, what's the, what are the new rules? You know, I'm just showering today because um, I gotta kind of zip in and out. But what's the program?" And she just looks at me and goes, "Yeah, we can't shower here. Showers are closed." Yes. And I said, "So okay, so the shower is a—that's a high transmission area. The hot soapy <laughs> water. Uh, okay. So then I go—I um, have to go home to my house again. Now I'm back at my house for the Stacy's just loving it. And no, I call her, and she thinks I'm crazy. So now I'm I go right back into my my deep depths of my personality, and I'm gonna I'm I'm feeling sorry for myself. I'm gonna swing through the McDonald's drive-through. Yes, sausage egg McMuffin and a coffee make everything feel better. Yeah, it's a kind of a workout. Ten forty-two. Stop serving breakfast at ten thirty, sir. <laughs> Okay. Apparently the all day breakfast has been cancelled part of the pandemic. Really? That's another huge loss that we're experiencing. Really? Yep. They they now have gone back to breakfast hours. So I said to the guy on the monitor, I go, Well, what's breakfasty? Should I get like a small fry and pretend it's a hash brown? And he just goes, Well, we got these cinnamon rolls. It looked terrible, right? And I could see the calories on the board. But I'm gonna tell you, it was amazing. It was basically a Cinnabon. Yeah, of hot. course. It's great. It was hot. It had like the gel.
0: You know what I'm talking yes. about? Yes. You got to realize, McDonald's is a professional manufacturer of food. Yep. They don't make anything bad. So cut to all the
1: way here. I am late. I'm 14 minutes late. Sped. Should have got a speeding ticket because that would have just been- You better. That would have been just, the cherry. Let's put it all together. But I, I leave my coffee in the car when I walk up here, didn't I? You did went back down and at this point I'm not upset anymore it's no, just this is just, what's
0: going on that's that kind of day
1: so I look forward to this episode not being recorded at all we're we're currently talking into probably white space or it's corrupted <laughs>
0: um that's happened before. All right, brother. Let's get in here. You, right. you said something earlier. You really said, talk to the teddy bear. Talk to the teddy bear. That's my line. Tell me that. So your buddy used to say that? Paul Olafson, a frat buddy of mine way back in the U of M days, when we'd be playing cards or want another beer, whatever. Whenever he wanted something delivered to him, he always would say, oh, talk to the teddy bear. I love and it. I just thought it was so funny, and I still say it to this
1: day. That's what we're doing today. Talk to the teddy bear. That's like when you hug someone and yeah. say, get in here for the real thing, the Think, Real deal. Uh, I think uh, Vince Vaughn used to say that. So, I think that you are the Abby Lee Miller of youth hockey.
0: And I don't even know who that Abby Lee Miller she is. She was on
1: Dance Moms. Okay. So you are the kingpin of youth hockey in the okay. state. Okay. All right. Abby's phrase is everyone is replaceable. She's also been in jail, I believe, since uh, she started. <laughs> but what what is your as the you're a big person in youth hockey in mm-hmm. Minnesota. What would be your
0: tagline if there was a T-shirt that had – Tony, on it. What is? The- uh, well, it's obvious. I mean, can I, do I have to make something up, or can I use what I use? Yeah, yeah, do it. Boom roasted is my tagline, and that's uh, your, that's your catchphrase. That's a catchphrase, obviously taken from The Office, uh, one of the greatest scenes in The Office's history, where he he Michael gets gets a celebrity roast and then gets all sad and then comes back and then show and roast each person individually in about a half a sentence deal. It was great. So you'd be boom roasted. That would be the shirt. That would be the shirt. Yeah, if we do an ad for like say Jefferson hockey or white bear hockey like a fundraiser, we always say, Boom roast them bears. Good luck from YHH. That's kind of our headline. And how do you think of your cause if you if I were putting
1: the Lincoln logs together of of hockey in the state, you have youth hockey hub. Maybe on top of that you're putting high school hockey hub, maybe yep. not. Oh, it depends uh, on the day, yeah. You got state of hockey, we do the game on Minnesota. What do you think of your role? with Youth Hockey Hub, um, what's your charter? What what kind of is the responsibility? It's funny.
0: Just this past week, some uh, a buddy of mine uh, did a best of, like best reporter, best uh, photographer, best broadcaster, best beat man, best this. He had all these lists of all this best, and I'm like – Oh, my God, we are getting roasted. We didn't get best of anything. We have nothing best of on here. I was, like, about to cry. Then I get down the bottom, and he says, best overall, Youth Hockey Hub, which means we're good at a lot of stuff, but we're not the best of the best. And we are there overall every day, 24-7, 365 days a year covering hockey, and that's really what our charter is. That's great. So we have something in common.
1: You use a pseudonym when you're Yes, yes, I do. Okay. I wear a pinky ring. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, very close. So, so I, I, had close. A, I had a friend say to me the other day, I, I, he said, you know, you break one of my primary rules. And I was so terrified for what he was going to say next because I thought, "Yeah, I'll, oh, no. And he said, I generally don't trust anyone with a pinky ring, but, you know, we have a good relationship, and you happen to wear a pinky ring. So I would say pseudonym, same thing. Why isn't totally. he using his real name? I totally. know the story, you and your brother, but... Yeah. Well, I, am I
0: interviewing Tony Zozel today, Tony Tony or Scott, am I interviewing Tony
1: Zozel? Let's talk about the pseudonym. I want to unpack this. Well, a this, bit.
0: You know, I'll tell you the story. Um, I, I had written this story for a, a, a sports blog that I'd done just for entertainment. You know, you and I have Carl Monte as a mutual friend. That's the guy I was writing to. Just your average buddy. And most of it was just about sports. It could be about the Vikings or the Gophers. or It was usually in frustration. There was a frustration in there often. But sometimes it would just be like a my son got a, a game-winning goal. I wrote about that. Or just just something that we could look back at. And I wrote one about this rink in Fargo, and it exploded. And you're involved in this, indirectly involved in this. Um, uh, and the article got published by the far. It was about a f- ugly rink in Fargo, and it got published. And so, what was the take of the article? Were you? It was um, just an awesome rink. It was. Just, you were you were you were doing a love letter to it, or yeah? You were, okay. It was a love letter. That's be a good way to put it. it. Was a love. It was so bad. It was good. It was stinky. Uh, Did it look like you're playing inside of a yellow pages? It was one s- of those. So bad. It was just. Bad, it stunk. The paint job was bad. The odor was bad. Uh, there was no boards. It was on on one side of the rink. There weren't boards. It was like plexiglass. It was so bad, but it was awesome. And it was so, it was so bad. It was good. Yeah, it was just yeah. And um, I wrote the article, and you know, normally I would get like a two thousand reads for every one of them. I had built a following after like two. 10 about 10 years so first started as a newsletter and then it turned into a blog and then it turned into whatever but was the interesting takeaway was all of these years i had been writing this stupid sports blog my friends would come to me and say you should do this for a living and i'm like well no one's gonna pay to read a stupid story every sunday you're right no one's gonna read a story to, you know no one's gonna pay for that so i was just but you know when people tell you that over and over it kind of gets buried in the back of your head and And this article happens, and it explodes. I mean, it got over 100,000 views. Wow. You know, it was amazing how many people read this article on this stupid little hockey
1: rink. Why do you think that happened? Was it everybody that had... Because that's not going to be a...
0: I don't know how you would cross that story over. Do you think it's just everybody that ever played at that rink? It got published in the Fargo newspaper and then online, and so people just read it. So. Not to bore you with it, but literally, so the how this the sequence of this works is, we uh, I did the did the uh, story on like Sunday, and then the following Sunday it hit the paper, and when that day it hit the paper. My phone just started to go crazy. You know, it's like wow, everyone's reading this thing. This is unbelievable. It's just clicking, and then at about four o'clock that day, your video comes out with the all hockey here video. <laughs> and literally it's literally go back, look at the calendar, it's right there. They we're, all happen within about forty eight hours. I'm like, holy smokes. We're like there is uh, a there is a market out there for something new in Minnesota hockey. We're like uh we're just united like wham. Yes. You know? Yeah.
1: I'm George Michael and you're <laughs> I'm the other Andrew, guy. Andrew, whatever his name was. You're the other guy. Um that's amazing. So you're named after Ch- Tony Chirmack. Shermack. Shermac. Yep. Your, yep. g- your grandfather's best friend. Yep. Although his name may not be Tony Shermac. That could be a pseudonym They're all as well. Anton. He was Anton. This could be a pseudonym for No, him. it's no. a real name. He could have a brother named Shermack.
0: Nope. He had a brother named uh KC Shermack. And he was a ref in the WCHA. So tell me about your
1: namesake. Are you what do you carry with you that would you know, your grandfather would see something similar with you guys? Anything? They were
0: Okay, so first of all, Tony Shermock Sr. uh, was, and my grandpa were, they owned, they were in the liquor business, let's put it that way. Uh, They kept the liquor stores open, and they were, they were, they had a good time, let's put it that way. Well, like moonshiners? No, my grandpa owned, the, uh, Grandpa Ray owned the Ham's uh, distributorship in northern Minnesota. So he had basically the 218 was his territory, and he drove, my dad and my uncles would drive uh, beer trucks around, around the state. Are you saying they got high on their own supply? They might have, they <laughs> may have, but they had a good time at a cabin out, you know, in uh, northern Minnesota. Land of sky blue water. Yes, exactly. And I'm sure that they had, my mom said, her first visit to the cabin was like nothing she'd ever seen before. Coming from pristine South Minneapolis, she grew up on uh, Lake uh, Lake right near Lake Harriet and went to Washburn High School. And this is the the cream. Of, she came from the cream of the crop, and she goes up to this like you know Bill's Mafia party up at my. So it was I, wild. It yeah. was wild, completely wild. Wow, this times is like Waylon and Johnny yes. taping each other to the tree and stuff. Like I would have friends of mine you know their grandparents would be from around there he's like oh you're raised old, old grandson this explains everything you know if That's it just amazing. happened all the time so I want to talk a little bit about your folks um,
1: I'm not gonna get you emotional here mm-hmm. but Jim and Jim and Nan, is Nan. That I say yep. uh, I'm gonna read something you sent me it was so great what you said um, you uh, described your parents as follows and this is um My parents were unicorns, had no enemies. My house was the house everyone hung out at, no rules. We had a green VW van. Do you need any more? (laughs) We were recycling newspapers and aluminum cans in 1972, riding bikes to work, and composting our food. I had long hippie hair until I decided I didn't want to be called a girl anymore. Dad walked with Martin Luther King in 1960's March to D.C. Mom had a prison ministry that is still viable today to women in Shakopee. The list goes on and on. They were magical in some ways. The only part of that that's not true is in some ways, right? They were magical. So what did you, uh, I have a, I'm going to, just so you don't get uh, emotional, I'm going to give you a humorous question. How did those two hippies name their children, you know, Scott, Mike, Tony, Mary, That's a great question. So I kind of call bullshit. Like (laughs) somebody's got to be named Willow or River or um, Jagger.
0: That's a really good question. So what's happening You've broken new ground here. What is happening? Well, my name is not Anthony. So there would be the the biggest offshoot right there. And nobody's really, I mean, my brother. And your name is what exactly? Tony Andrew. So just Tony. Just Tony. Like that mine. was weird too. Yeah. Like, no, it's not. But those not are be this. not in the
1: Summer of Love. No. None of these names.
0: No, 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 no. Not at all. That's a good question. Maybe I don't when know. he was
1: walking with Dr. King, there was just like a normal group of people
0: with normal names that he really gravitated towards. Yeah, name. I don't know. But I was the last one. So the first, uh, let's see, Tom is my oldest, the oldest in the family, not named after anybody. Uh, Scott was named after an uncle. Yeah. Um, Mike, no one was named after. Mary was named after no one. So I was the only well, one who was really named after well, someone. Well, Jim and Nan, Yeah, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I think we maybe could have got the... There's that, a picture, and I'll show it to you after the pod, of our family picture. And we all have the long hair. Mom's got the flower dress on. And we all have beads on that we did from beading.
1: Oh, I no, I know you grew up in the mystery machine. I'm not <laughs> debating this. I just don't know how your names are. I agree. Tony Scott, Mike, Mary. I don't know. I what is the band that sings "Puff the Magic Dragon"? Uh, Peter, Peter Paul, Paul and Mary. And Mary. Yeah, so yeah. I guess maybe they were in like a window. Maybe it there was. was like,
0: be groovy, but not with your kids. <laughs> but names. I was born in '67. Summer of Love came. You know, had you yeah, been yeah. born, you would have been. You would have been. if you been the sixth Doles?el You would probably would have been like, you know, what was Frank Zappa's kid's name? Moon Moon <laughs> Zappa. Or I'd be. No, I would have been Midwest. Yeah,
1: probably. <laughs> probably. Um. So. What did you learn from your folks, these unicorns? You know, one is uh, an artist uh, helping people with chemical dependency. You got somebody running a bed and breakfast out of your home. home. What, you
0: know, what traits do you hope you have from your folks? Well, that's a great question. Uh, the first is. I'm a professional. My <laughs> My dad did not give a rip what people thought of him. He didn't care oh well I'm just gonna do this and I'm gonna he was a free spirit he was gonna do whatever he wanted to um that's a great trait and he didn't care he didn't care he had five six different professions and he was a veterinarian he was a uh, uh Episcopal priest for like six or seven years he and then he realized in the church that everyone was drunk and the problem wasn't the lord it was the booze so he then got into chemical competency training and then he trained others he trained the trainers basically for 15 years and ran his own practice and then got bored with that and started teaching at art school so so which part of your dad do you hope you have do
1: you have the curiosity you're interested in a lot of things or do you have a little bit of the i don't really care what people think i'm going to do my thing
0: yeah it's more that Okay, so, um, and like my my grandparents were really hard workers and hard driven, you know, out, constant hours. My great grandfather started a started a, a lumber yard and a, a hardware store in, in Wadena, Minnesota, and he they was a grinders. There were a lot of grinders in my family, so the grinding didn't come from my parents; it came from my from my grandparents. Are you a grinder? I think so. Yeah, because you're doing so. the tournaments. I'm and grinding, you're pulling the trophy out of your trunk and interviewing
1: two people in the parking
0: lot. Yes. So I I love work. I love working. I love what I do. There is parts of what I do that I don't like and it has nothing to do with the work. It's the being constricted by by Minnesota hockey, being constricted by social media, like you can't do certain things. If I could just do it my way, life would be a lot easier. Hmm. We're going to come back to that. Yeah. Talk about mom. Uh, What do you get from Mom my mom was the entrepreneur believe it or not she comes from my grandma uh Emily who owned 57 uh travel agencies around the world uh, and sold it in, like in the mid 70s she worked super hard my grandfather on my, my uh, Ralph Raymond was a was a writer at the Star Tribune so they had a really high society family like like Sid Hartman was a friend of you know what I mean? That kind yeah, of thing. They, like, did, it, it they just, did like aquatennial. Yes, yes, yes. They were just your straight up, you know, snobby. She weapon. knew how to wave like this. Yeah, it, they came from a family that was pretty well off. Let's put it that way. And uh, my, my grandma was a grinder, too. She was a, you know, a real special person, for sure. God bless
1: the grinder. So you described yourself as an Alex Keaton type growing up. Um, you know his middle initial? P? Okay. Alex P. Keaton. Yeah, it was. Right? All right. And you were always organizing games. You grew up around Lake of the Isles. So give me just a little snapshot into your your childhood. You know, is this Stand By Me? You're walking down train tracks looking for bodies. Is it... Um, just a little bit of that. What kind of... You're on your bike. you Are Are you doing
0: baseball cards? Are you going to Shinders? Like, what's your deal? Oh, gosh. that You bring good stuff here. So uh, I grew up in a neighborhood... Where everything was within a bike ride or a bus ride. So I grew up a block away from Hennepin Avenue, 24th and Hennepin. So if you know where Lickler Isles is, like two blocks down from there. So 24th and Hennepin had three buses that went to downtown. One that went the Lindale way and two went the Hennepin way. So we could get to A&B Sporting Goods, Dayton's, you name it. Downtown was five minutes away from where I was. You were right by, there was a record shop. Orfolk? No, you could buy, like, it was,
1: like, where you would go to get a Jimi Hendrix purple tie-dye shirt. It was on Hennepin, close to you. Like, if you walked.
0: So, between 24th and 25th.
1: If you went past Lyles towards downtown and just kept walking a few blocks, it was on the right there. It was called, like, Sun. I don't even know. I'll look it up while we're talking. Okay.
0: But. All right. Um, so so you got downtown and uptown easily accessible. So there was a bowling alley in uptown. People don't even before the Calhoun Village was built. There was a bowling before alley. Before Bryant Lake Bowl? Uh, yeah. was that Bryant Lake Bowl was out of our zone. Okay. It was a little too far for us. Got it. And then you have Lake of the Isles, and then you have Kenwood Park. Um, so we have downtown, uptown Lake of the Isles, Kenwood Park, ski, uh, uh downhill, um, uh, sledding, skating at Lake of the Isles. It was basically we had everything you ever wanted. So a couple things. So you're
1: did you define yourself as a Minneapolis? Are you a Minneapolis guy? Uh,
0: today or back then?
1: Just kind of like when the best way I think to when hockey day was in yes. Minneapolis. Did you take? pride that that was kind of your world it's
0: coming to the city in fact uh i was with son Shagabe, a friend of mine from war road i went and did a podcast with him and said hey before we go to parade and drive you down for your high school team's practice can i give you a quick little tour through so yes here's my backyard i've been to your backyard let me take you to my backyard what do you
1: think of uh is it does it hit you growing up there um being a kid that would go to Jump on three buses and go to Dayton's, and now you know it's it's been a tough go for oh. Minneapolis, the city, yeah. for the last year for a bunch of different reasons, which we don't need to get into. But is it uh, hurt your heart a little bit seeing
0: the city, or do you do you think yeah. the city will? Do you think it'll bounce back? I think the city will bounce back. I just, I just think that's the way we are as Minnesotans that we will make sure that that thing bounces back. It's something that I'm really proud of, actually being from Minneapolis. But it's hard uh, looking at it, especially watching the the uh, fifth pre- or the fourth precinct burn down. It was hard. Yeah, crazy. How about so this this
1: legendary game at lake of the isles these guys that have skated together forever you ever get a sniff into that world
0: uh yeah actually uh the the, the sunday skate at, at lake of the isles is unbelievable um you, you know they had goalies uh getting in on getting a shift on that when you're sixth seventh eighth grade is pretty special and you always remember your first one you how know? does it work so it I've, I've heard about it right so you
1: can't they don't like carpetbaggers. They don't like a no. person that just pops in and does it one time. It's almost like you got to really be. You earn there.
0: your way into that game. Um, so you show up with your skates and. It's, can you just skate or do you. It's a you... full game. It's full equipment. Yep. You know, um, it's Sunday right after church and it goes for about three hours and there'd usually be two goalies, three goalies, and there'd be 20 guys, so 10 on 10. And. And sometimes if they were short, they'd bring a little guy into the rink and let you play. And it was usually by 6th, 7th, 8th grade where you could get in the game. It was mostly high school and ex-high school players down there playing. And they were usually from the from the hood. That's amazing. So I want to talk. So you played hockey
1: and golf. Um, you described a friend group called the Awesome 8-some. <laughs>
0: This is not hockey-related. I know, just, but it's, it's so but cool. It's, uh,
1: I don't know if that's because there were eight people you golfed with or they were eight of your closest friends. And that you... had
0: nothing to do with golf. It was four okay. guys and four girls. Okay, and did any of you guys ever date? And Oh, God, I can't say that publicly. Okay. <laughs> but you were, you were all friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, big time. It was four guys, same age, four girls, same age. It was just one of those things that – It was a special group. We were together from, like, freshman year to senior year, and we shared a lot of fun times together, cabin trips and, you know, Breaking the law, a lot of lawlessness in that group, that's do for sure. You, do you keep in touch with most of them? Uh, yeah, usually if their kids have hockey players, yeah, I see them. So, yeah, one of them is uh, Kate Cromer had a son, Andy, who played at Edina. Uh, Elizabeth Chorsky, who's now Elizabeth Jensen, she's got two little guys that play. and yep. So we stay in touch, that's for sure, whether it's through the rink or through Facebook or whatever. But, yeah, we're still good friends. So we're not going to do a ton
1: on uh – give me a snapshot of your your hockey experience and then talk a little bit about golf as well. Okay, so
0: Hockey, I had no choice. I uh, had three brothers, three older brothers that played. So, you know, you get into a rink and your brother's playing against Neil Broughton and Silver Bay or he's playing up in Roseau. I mean, you just fall in love with the game. You're just like, this is awesome. So the minute you got your skates, you know, your first pair of skates, they are probably hand-me-downs. It's down at Lake of the Isles and you're playing out there in this little You know, yellow jersey, it's nothing fancy, and you get to play in a game. It was the greatest moment ever. And then I basically lived at Lake of the Isles. I was a rink rat, just believe it or not. I literally lived down there. And and the more kids that would come, you could see them walking into the into the warming house or crossing from the west side of the lake across the lake to the warming house. Like, all right, we got a game here. We got eight guys. We got four on four. We got we got a game here. We have twelve guys. We got six on six. And literally, I was constantly thinking of how many games we could get in and how, who's going to be in the game and whose team I'm going to be on in the game. You've always been an organizer. Yeah, yeah. Literally, you were almost running tournaments. For the neighborhood, I really was, and then that's not a lie. No one would ever disagree with that. I mean, it was if it was in the summer it was always baseball up at Jefferson Junior High. There was always a football game down at Lake of the Isles or at Kenwood Park. We always had a game. I wanted a game. That was what I'd all I ever really desired. And how far did hockey go?
1: And how did golf? factor into your life competitively both of them so
0: uh golf uh is a little bit more i was a little bit better at golf than i was at hockey um sixth seventh grade i always whenever i drove by a golf course i was like i want to play that i want to play that i want to play that but i never had access to it and tom chorsky my one of my best friends growing up his dad had a set of clubs bob and we went out and played and i fell in love i literally it was like it was intoxicating how I wanted to be there every day, and then I played and played and played and played. Did you play high school golf? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then college? Yeah, uh, after um, about seventh grade, yeah, the summer of seventh grade, I was literally there at a golf course, and the golf coach at Minneapolis West High School, Al Hargraves, was playing, and I got into his group. I didn't know who he was. I had no idea, and I did really well, and he asked where I was going to high school, and, I well, eventually I'll go to West High School. He goes, well, you should play on our golf team, and – and uh, he gave me his phone number at the course he says That's call awesome. me next march 1st call me on march 1st and i like pinned it on the calendar and said i'm calling this guy and he let me try out for the team and i made the team and lettered as an 8th grader and then just played high school golf and i was pretty good I uh, made a state tournament or two won my conference a couple times and nice. it was it was it was fun uh, i really enjoyed it what i loved about golf especially in the city conferences Competitive golf is like no other sport. You actually become friends with the opponent, mm-hmm. whereas in hockey or football or soccer, you want to brutalize the opponent. So I,
1: I really had a wonderful uh, love affair with golf during this pandemic. Yes,
0: you did. And uh, what's your handicap? Oh, probably like a seven right now. Okay. so And that's, I don't play at all. At all, so at all. So I'm a member times? at a country club, and I never. I'm the best member there. I played one round last year. Why? Too busy.
1: Oh, come on now. I'm
0: organizing. You got
1: to get out there.
0: I will. I will. So, do you? When do you have swing thoughts? Not anymore. No, I don't ever even no take a practice no positive swing. or negative. Nothing. I don't have.
1: I even take a practice swing anymore. So I, I just have this voice in my head, and I'll be, <laughs> um, I'll be getting ready to hit, and it, it'll. It'll say like this is gonna be a really bad one, <laughs> and it. When I look down, it's usually on the tee, and when I look down, it's almost like my club is like 15 feet long, and I'm like <laughs> on stilts. Yeah, it's like it's like when you're trying to shoot a long pool shot. Yeah. Right? So somebody said to me, they said you gotta train your swing thoughts. You gotta you gotta think the same thing, and he told me for the entire year I don't know what his thing was. Maybe yeah. follow through. Yeah. Follow through hard and high or something. So every time he shot, he would tell himself that. So I tried saying yoga pants every time I hit, but not good. But I did go from a thirty-one. I was a thirty-one handicap, which is um, that's that's I think as high as it goes. Thirty-six used to be. Yep. And then I now I'm a nineteen. That way. And I use almost bogey golf, hockey stick putter. I could probably shave another. I got a a hockey stick putter like hockeystickputters.com like it's a metal hockey stick and I putt with it and I I should not do it anymore because there's no feel it's like putting with a broken branch yeah. from a tree but it gives me an out I think when like to kind of be like yeah well it's I use a hockey stick putter so how serious am I
0: well here's a little known fact uh, only people that golf with me know this I putt left-handed my father does that
1: it's supposed to really help you did you
0: have kind of the yips no I again growing up batting left-handed and playing hockey left-handed we would go to mini golf and play I would putt that way and then when we got the Bob Chorsky set it was right-handed so it was either that or not play so I hit it right-handed and after about three holes Mr. Chorsky's putter was a two-way like a bullseye and I just flipped over and haven't looked back since Wow, I wonder. Do you think you should have been a left-handed I golfer? I would have been a left-handed golfer for sure. By this time, I'm facing live pitching and playing hockey that way my whole life. I would have been a left-handed golfer had that been available. But I went home and went, "Dad, I need left-handed clubs," and he went, Pfft. "Well, too bad. You could have been a six handicap." Probably. Yeah, well, I would have been. I would have been a better golfer, that's for sure. So I want to talk about this
1: era because it's we came up in the same time period of sports journalism. So you you ran a blog. Yep. Ninety nine to oh one Midwest sports guy, which had to be inspired by Boston sports guy Bill
0: Simmons, yeah? They weren't not related at all. Although he turned out to be one of my biggest idols. I I'd still yep. to this day I think Bill Simmons is the is breaking ground. So you called it Midwest Sports Guy before even knowing about the Boston Sports Guy. I didn't even know who he was. Guy. No idea. And the reason I wrote Midwest Sports Guy was because I was writing about stuff happening in the Midwest for my friends that I'd known from all over the country to give them a flavor for what I was seeing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was at this Gopher game or this Viking game or this Wild game or whatever, and and I happened to, and I had a friend of mine who actually went to college with here at the university, but he's from Pittsburgh. He was a big Pitt fan, so whenever Pittsburgh and Minnesota collided, I would write about it, our our follies of laughing at our teams or whatever. So it, my friends from all over the country would get a kick out of it. That's really what I wrote it for. I went, I wrote it on a nat, from a national perspective, but based only on stuff that's happening in the Midwest. So I want
1: to, so I'm a, you you were a mass communications journalism major at the U. And I want to get into kind of journalism for a little bit because it's changed so much with attention spans and phones. And it's funny, you know, you go on LinkedIn and it'll tell you how long it's going to take you to read the article. Right. Yeah. And, uh, underneath it. Yeah. You know, before you click on it, because God forbid you should click on it and spend more than two minutes. But I, I want to I'm going to give you a couple different examples and I want you to talk about maybe some of your heroes and and or even titles or. So what I loved about Bill Simmons in the early days was what I would call Gonzo Internet journalism. So not not Hunter Thompson Gonzo, but right. he wrote so free and so long. You know, so he would write a 6,000-word piece about how Roger Clemens was the Antichrist.
0: But he would have snippets in there that were made it interesting.
1: Pop culture mixed in. Yep. Um, and it would be a thesis. I mean, it would yeah. be a well-written piece of journalism, but it was ridiculous at the same time. Or he would do a mailbag that would be 14 pages if you printed it out, and, and it would be all about week nine of fantasy football. Right. Right? And, and he talked to, like, your friends, and he— you know, he wrote like nobody you knew could write. So that's an era that is very blog-based because yeah. it was all about just dump it on the blog, everything else goes down, yes. and just whatever you wrote lately is on is top. Well on top. And, yeah. it's, and it was a blog. The other thing is Rolling Stone um, and that type of Cameron Crow. You know, spending time with a rock star or a player, and kind of writing about it. Who are your influences in journalism and style wise? What would
0: you like to be doing? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think uh, Sid Hartman is obviously, and 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 um, Charlie Walters were big influences. Of mine, literally. I read every word of their columns every day. I would. There would be days I would buy both both columns so I could get all of the scoop on what who the recruits were for hockey gophers or football gophers or whatever that would be. That to me getting the scoop is fascinating. How do you get the scoop? How did that guy how did he know that he was gonna get this, you know? And to me I think I do a lot of that. I could do more of it with our Twitter feed, with our website. But I would, there are certain th- protocols you infringe. Again, things I can't do. Going back yeah, to the – there are things I can't do that's I can't be say because I'm going to get – I get called. That's that's Bush League journalism. Like, I'll give you a perfect This talk talk about a hot tip for today. So I'll give you a perf- perfect example. It happened yesterday. For two weeks, I've known that Jake Boltman, who was a commit at the University of Minnesota, right, I've known for two weeks he's not going to Minnesota. He's going to Notre Dame, and he's going in early, right? Well, then why didn't you tweet that? Why didn't you tweet that Tony Zozo, not <laughs> Scott? Right? Why didn't I tweet that? There's two reasons I didn't tweet it. Number one, he had, um, he had I had gotten a scoop that he was going to stay in Lincoln last year before his senior year. And I tweeted out that he was staying in Lincoln because I, got it, I talked to one of the assistant coaches in Lincoln. Well, it turns out he was going to the U. So I already screwed up. On mm-hmm. Boltman once, you don't want to screw up on Boltman twice, right? So that's just take that one, throw that one. So I already got that hanging with me, right? Uh, the second reason I don't I don't announce it is is if you get it, 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 kids will announce it via their Twitter feed. You can't beat a kid to his own punch. You don't want to take his moment away, right? It's not your secret to share, Tony. Exactly. <laughs> Even though I already know the secret, and I already know he's coming. Uh, Meanwhile, Jess Myers, who writes for Rink Lie, wherever he gets the scoop and gets the story, and I'm like, there you go. So I'll do a lot of things like that now. It's, I want to pick at this a little
1: bit. It's really interesting. So the, your heroes, Charlie and Sid, yeah, uh, very different than um, my heroes in a writing sense because yeah. they're, they're icons. They're connectors. Yes. They know everybody. And they're constantly trading information in the hallways and the restaurants of Minneapolis, Saint Paul. And if you see them walk in, somebody could do a cartoon of them, and you would know who it was, right? right? So that's interesting. So that's that would be a path, and you can you're starting. I mean, you've you've been building that. So yeah. So you would like to be the old guy with long eyebrows and hair coming <laughs> out of your ears that the recorder, you know, um, that everybody. Knows because you've got a legacy of, you know, forty, fifty years of, you know, you know, all these people. Is that kind of That's, a, a it's wish? It's kind of what that is. What I wish to be, yeah. That's awesome. I, uh, I want the heart of this chat. We'll do about ten minutes on um, doing things my way, your way, right, without yeah. restrictions and yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's interesting. So uh, I want to get your feedback on something else. So I'm on the other side where my restrictions are. I want to write. In a very almost fan fiction, um, high personality, doing little bits, little you yeah. know, some of the writing is just bits, um, you know, picking up on something and running with it. And but I feel the same thing. So I've been doing these columns about the Minnesota program, experiencing yeah, right? the C notes doing their hundredth year because it's a weird year to be. It's kind of like you with ten years of youth hockey hub. It's a weird year to celebrate um, something. So I've been trying to. Throw him some sunshine on a on a season that's been great, but even when you write about it, if you're writing about Scott Reedy and you're right. trying to write about or Ben Myers and how much of a man child he is, and you're you know he's he's curling Volkswagen Jetta's, you know, <laughs> um, you're if you knew the kid, but you're still a, but it's, it's so it's, funny, but it's like okay, now I'm a forty six year old man, basically writing fan fiction about a nineteen year old college hockey player. But if you don't if you don't kind of dive into that suspension of disbelief, I just think it's not as much fun. Right. Like I don't want to read the same thing over and over again. I would rather see somebody take a s either it's a it's a strikeout, it's an A or an F. Yeah. Don't give me a B minus, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, as far as articles are concerned?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, but you can't hit them all out of the park. So you're chasing scoops, though. So you want to be the guy who knows the people
0: and who knows what's happening first. Yes. That's awesome. And that's not all I want to do, but that's if you want to tell me what gets my engine going, that's your reputation you want to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I want to be out in front of everybody else.
1: It's like, uh, if Winnie Winnie broaches the the queen of women's hockey, you maybe want to you know be the the duke or something of uh, youth hockey or something. Yeah, you want to be a yeah. a known icon and and um, is there a scoop you want to break on the podcast right now? No, I you know? I can't. I, I, I we're going to twe- we're going to come back to that because you're in a in an interesting space where um, I think it's really interesting that you said part of the reason. You wouldn't do that story, is you don't want to take that moment away from the kid where he, yeah. you know, he shows you the hat he's going to wear, you know, yeah. for the team, or he's um, he's sitting in his, you know, living room with his folks and he tweets it out. I think that's really great. That shows your personality because um, you're still dealing with young kids. And for
0: me, what's another tweet about a kid committing to a school? Or, or you know, it, we're always going to be th- we're going to be there. We don't take any days off. So we're going to get the story. We might not get it six hours. We might get it three hours later. It, it, with Boltman, it was 16 minutes late. I knew two weeks before it was going to happen. But I, I really wanted to tweet it. I really wanted to say it. And the, But after getting him wrong once, there was no way I was going to get it wrong twice. The uh,
1: Talk a little bit about your what you're most proud of. So you've got 10 years Youth Hockey Hub. If you had a podium... There's only three spots on the podium. You're, it, you don't have to tell me what's gold and what's bronze, but give yeah. me the three things you would put in the time capsule. For, from for the, Youth Hockey Hub? From the first 10 years
0: you're most proud of. You know, um, it has to be, you know, when, we named the, when I named it Youth Hockey Hub, uh, I didn't even know what I was naming. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just like, oh, Minnesota Hockey Hub, we're going to do a youth version of it. That's all it really was and didn't take much. But what I'm most proud of is being the hub. You know, When we have kids come to our camps, we have kids come and play in our events, we have kids that come play in our tournaments, uh, we go cover a state tournament or a region tournament or a section final, uh, or I go do interviews with kids across the state before the state tournament or the team managers, it's connecting That kid, uh, I'll give you an example, a kid named Andrew Earl. He's a Bantam for... for Eden Prairie band of double a this year. He's I've known him since he was a squirt. He's come to our camps. He's come played in all of our events. He's made friends with kids from Roseau. And I see them all the time. Their parents and the kids through social media connecting Roseau and Eden Prairie. They have nothing in common, but hockey and they love playing together. And I'm not saying they, because of me, but because of what we've produced, we've produced an environment for people to connect with one another. And that's what I'm most proud of. That's awesome.
1: Um, how about from a content standpoint? Whether it's an article, um, maybe it's a tournament you created, maybe it's a video thing you did. What are you most proud of in terms of things you've made?
0: I don't really know about that. I I would have to say the thing I'm most proud of is is interviewing these kids at, before the state tournament. And I I can tell you a funny aside to this. Um, And it's something that I've learned over the last five years doing this. But you can ask, and and I'll share this little secret. You can ask a kid... The, the day between the section final when they make it to state and the and the actual state tournament you can ask them to do whatever he's like we would require you to wear a pink tutu and dress up in a gorilla suit and put lipstick all Or would you like to come in and do it yes yes I will do it because they're just such elation about making it to state um, and it's so fun every one of them you call hey we're going to do an interview with you and you're going to be the one who's representing your team for state we do every, every team say I'll be there what time and, and no one no shows you no no one forgets they're there they're wearing their sweatshirt they're wearing their hat and they're so excited about it and that's it's slowly but surely becoming my favorite two days of the year is when we interview all those kids before the state tournament
1: who are some of the biggest There, it. i my only experience like this is i did the zamboni zamboni karaoke and every time we would have three kids on four yeah. kids on you know you had one kid that was super comfortable Yep. one kid that was absolutely terrified, and then you had two kids somewhere in the middle, and um, except for the Duluth East boys, um, you were just whatever. Uh, what was his name? Magoo and uh, Maju, Maju, and then uh, you had Rider Donovan yep. and uh, the kid who, who went that? to ASU. Um, the little guy that wasn't oh, recruited. Oh, Garrett Worth, unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I this is, I've interviewed them all. This is horrible. I was ready to go grab a a case of Coors Light and just be like, let's Let's go. Let's just stay in the basement of Excel. Yes. I know you're, you know, 18, but I have,
0: I mean, wow. It's so funny. It's there. They make it to state that year. So they made it the year before. They make it that year. It's their senior year, rides as a junior. Um, And I go up there to interview them. And um, so I got Meiju and I got Donovan. And then uh, just funny thing in this case well luke Lamaster wants to come i'm like okay fine you know i'd already done garrett worth for a player of the year finalist so i left him out so i'm like oh fine bring in Lamaster. i don't like to do three kids from one team because they're individual ones yep and then Lamaster, i hold hand on the microphone and literally 10 seconds before someone goes someone made a mike randolph reference like like the it was like they were imitating him i'm like wait 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 whoa, whoa. I go, you guys could imitate Mike Randolph like oh yeah we all do it it's great i'm like and he wouldn't be mad he goes oh no he thinks it's hilarious and Luke Lamaster does the best Mike Randolph it made my day like there was there was nothing that could have went wrong that day that would ruin it because it was so good and so well done so they i had only done one of
1: the Zamboni karaoke's and this Donovan was still a junior or something yep. and he just texts me and he says hey we saw the first one we're going to blow this thing out of the water. He's like the boys are coming down from up north and we're going to warm this thing up. We, you know, get your shoulders loose. Here we come. I was like, "Who in the hell are these guys?" So when you've done all these interviews with all these kids, who were some of the biggest personalities you ever spoke
0: to? Rogers of? for sure. He's the number one. He's just super confident kid, but not cocky. Uh, caring, just a just a super lovable kid. He's going to be a ceo of some company whatever it is he'll be extremely successful that's the one i keep coming back to i can't hold he's the number one it's not even close how about any any kind of uh more like the
1: big lebowski or brisgoloff or kind of Do you ever just have a kind of
0: a really interesting spacey beauty (laughs) I got one just off the top of my head. Maybe I'll think of one in a minute, but here's this one. It's so funny. Uh, This kid, his name is like something Anderson. I can't remember his first name, but he was from Mankato East. So I call him up. I get his number, and he shows up, and he brings his girlfriend with him. I mean, Outstanding. <laughs> who brings their, and he's got the hat and he's got the hoodie and she's got the hat and the hoodie. I mean, they thought, I think she thought she was going to get interviewed or something, but they show up and they were, like I said, they loved it. They drove two hours up from, from Mankato up to Braemar to do the interview. And they were, he was awesome in his interview. And I saw him, he's an assistant at Mankato East. Now I was there over doing the Jersey project and he was on the bench. I'm like, Hey, where's your girlfriend? He's like, what? I'm like, don't, I thought you just brought her everywhere. Isn't she here? And he's, he had no idea what I was talking about. Is he still with her? I didn't ask, but he was like, oh, that's right. I did bring her with me. I'm like, yeah. So, so that was the, kind of a, one of the takeaways was, is that. And they're fun. I mean, the interviews are fun. Some of them are completely random. We have to drive, you know, from, from uh, I did Dante Lawson in Coleraine and then had to drive to East Grand Forks, which is like three and a half hour drive. I just get a kick out of, it's really,
1: it keeps you young. Yeah. Talking to these kids. Like, I interviewed this. We were down with the junior team, uh and they had gone to this stockyard in Fort Worth. And this kid was just talking about horses. And he says, They're just so powerful and strong animals. And he was just lost in his thoughts. And I'm thinking, this is unbelievable. Like, we're getting this, right? You're getting all of this. Uh, but what it's was just, the name of the team that you did? I'm curious. Uh, New Mexico Ice Watch. Oh, so you did it and while they were in Dallas? Yeah, they took okay. a trip, a field yep. trip. They yeah, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're playing their games um, out of state because of New Mexico. But he, uh, this kid's last name was Javier, and he was just. Just enchanted by this trip to the stockyard, couldn't shake it when he got back to the hotel. And I can't I was, wait to see this little yeah, content it was, you brought. It was up. Great. Um, let me do a time check. Uh, right. I know how long you normally do these, but I want to kind of focus on one thing here um, at the end. So, talk a little bit about um, what did you learn from the agency experience doing Multiply. Talk about what that was, and does that benefit you at all now or? yes or no you
0: learned what you didn't like or it's so funny you said because people will say to me all the time you're clearly a marketing guy and I'm like I am I don't I mean I, I obviously own my own agency but the fact that that's the perception that people pick up on uh from wh- who I was so did I get anything from owning my agency yeah it was an awesome experience we were you know somewhere between a boutique and a big time agency because there were days where we were handling media buys for you know Dr Pepper I and mean, like the entire media buy, you know. So we were a big time agency on some days. Were and, you a media agency or an ad agency? Ad agency. We okay. did both. We did PR. Full service. At the end, at the end we were doing PR. You Got know, it. we were we were pitching stories to publications. You know, whether it trade publications or true, you know, uh, mainstream media publications. We did that. Um, A lot of writing, a lot of creative. Um, What I miss most about not having agency is having to come up with either a creative pitch or making a creative piece of content for whether it be a logo and and a design package for somebody. I miss that part of it. But what I don't miss about it is just the Every day sending estimates, collecting bills that part of my job I don't miss that for a minute and you started that agency yeah. and built it and sold it yep how big did it end up getting how many people were there uh, we had eight employees maybe at one time you awesome. know a lot of different freelance help you know we had freelance illustrators freelance photographers, freelance a lot of freelance help on a per project basis
1: so one of the things I know you and I have talked about is at some point you have a real appetite to do kind of like ESPN did with 30 for 30. Yes. You want to look back and I think the way you phrased it was 10 stories that no one else would tell or something. 10 stories that that no one else has told, maybe it was, but yeah. um what what kind are
0: you going to do that and what kind of uh what are some of those stories you want to tell the world? Well, Yeah, we definitely, that's something that I will accomplish, and it could be, it it might take me a year, it might take me five years, I have no idea how long it's going to take, but one of the things that kind of gets to me after being in the media business, or even just being a consumer of media, whether you're delivering it or, or eating it, you know, whether you're making or eating it, is it seems like they tell, we hear the same stories over and over. If I hear about the Rozo-World rivalry one more time, I'm going to, you know, poke my eyes out. Um, if I hear about, you know, Herb Brooks' speech, I mean, I, literally that, I mean, I've, I've seen it. I've heard it. I lived it. I want to tell stories that nobody knows. So the one we're working on right now, and I've somewhat talked about it publicly, is a story about uh, the Native American population, uh, which makes up about 28% of the population in Warroad. And why is that important Um, is I believe that the natives that live in Warroad, um, who own the land, are working with settlers who brought the... You know, they, they both brought the game of hockey together. And I think this town gets along better than any town in America. There's no strife there. There's a, obviously a great company, Marvin Windows, that's there. And they have a uh, a casino there that employs a lot of people. So they have a lot of bustling economy in in Warroad. And what's interesting is I believe the game of hockey is what ties that community together. And I think we can make a movie, a short film, 10, 15-minute film, about the history of the natives and the history of white people there and the history of the game and how the superstars in that town every 10, 15 years are always Native Americans. You know, you go back to Max Oshie, you go to uh, uh, Henry Boucher and then TJ Oshie, and now there's the young Chaga Bay kid who's going to be going. And then there's plenty of, you know, plenty of white Kids, too, that have been great at hockey. They just get out the Marvins, you know, just them alone. But um, a fascinating story about a town that has nothing to do with world. We won't say the word gold medal. We won't say the word w- rozo in the entire piece. It's about the town and how it, it comes together. And that's the stories that we want to tell uh, in these short films.
1: And do you have a title for it? Or if you don't want to say, that's okay, too. Oh, the name of the film? No, okay. not yet. No. That's, that sounds- I, I know it's going
0: to, when, when we're editing it, it's going to come out of yep. somebody's mouth. We interviewed a, a young woman, uh, Kaya Sandy. Uh, she's 7th or 8th grade? 8th grade. She was a 7th grader last year. 8th grader. She blows it away. She's blonde hair, blue eyed. I mean, she looks like she looks like a Marvin. And she's half native. And her story that she tells will blow you away. I was like, just keep it coming. Keep it coming. Keep great. rolling. So it's fun to listen to their stories and how proud they are um and that's what I want to get to and I just every one of my stories hockey will be part of the fabric it won't be about goals and assists and you know yep. that's what I really want to tell it's about the life yep so let's go back to this you
1: started to talk about you know being constricted or a little bit or um wanting to do it the way you want to do it but there's kind of some rules I've always said hockey has more government than government, <laughs> especially in Minnesota. It's true. And I think this has been our common bond has mm-hmm. been, yeah, you know, when we came together with Game On Minnesota, it was, state tournament was down, players were leaving um, in greater numbers than ever. And we were trying to kind of um, build a sideshow next to the tournament so that, you know, to help it, you know, breathe into the fire a little bit. And and we've had a lot of fun. And our our charter was always, if this thing could go anywhere else, if it could go on Let's Play Hockey, if it could go somewhere else, we shouldn't do it. Right. And And that's what I'm talking about. And if that means we only do 12 things a year, then we only do 12 things a year. Right. Right. So um, where are you uh, boxed in? Um, Is it because of the age of – players that you cover primarily? Is it um, all of the genuflecting you have to do to the different uh, organizing bodies? Talk a little bit about this um, feeling constricted because I think it's a buzzkill for hockey fans to not see the game and the stories told in the way at full volume. It's funny you should
0: say that. There's there's so many... It's constriction. So you have, you have social media, for example. I'll give you a perfect example. And I, I'm not ripping on COVID. But, like, we uh, took a picture on Sunday morning of our Blue Ox like a few weeks ago of a, of a puck drop. It's the puck drop, right? Um, and everybody, we do it every, every you know, puck drop. We take a picture of the stack of pucks before, you know, just something that's going to begin the day of a, of a tournament, right? Yep. It's the kickoff. Well, there were 19 parents – in the photo, eighteen of them had masks on, and one of them had a cup of coffee. Was drinking her, his, or her coffee. And what we, what I remember more about that day is that one photo and the and the backlash from that photo that we weren't following COVID restrictions more than the 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 game-winning goal scored by a kid after an unbelievable play. And I almost I remember the the, the negative more than the positives. That's just a that's not a COVID slam. That's just a. Anybody has a voice now. I mean, the same voice that allowed me to become popular, Twitter, is also the same voice that constricts me because sometimes you say things and, and you're held accountable for some of the wackiest things. So that's the first thing. Then you talk about government. Uh, Minnesota hockey has its charter, and I have my charter, or Youth Hockey has its charter, and oftentimes they don't get along. and Oftentimes we compete for the same player at the same time of year, so I don't mind the competition. I just don't like the the narrative. My narrative, if mine if whatever I say doesn't match their narrative, then it's not. Then we're wrong. It's a it's a black white thing.
1: I I always where it hits into me would be there's this idea of purity, and uh, sometimes you'll see it. There'll be an, a coach in the state tournament that if his team loses, we'll say something like, uh, they were more focused on their hair than the game or something. They, they have this idea that um, the interview that they might have done with you in between games or, right. or um, blow-drying their hair for the lineup. or And when I look, historically, I look at Grand Rapids. I look at Minnetonka. I look at these teams that have won. They are loose. They are having fun. Their coaches are laughing with them, letting them do what they want. They would be the coach that would say, "Of course, go do that interview in the right. pink, in the pink tutu with Tony." <laughs> and those are the teams that win because they they let them be the cowboys that they want to be. You know. So do you do you feel like you run into that kind of? It's the same group of people when Ovechkin scores sixty and pretends like his stick is on fire. He gets panned by fifty percent of the hockey culture because he's. Being bigger
0: than the game itself. Yeah, I I feel that too. And again, I don't want my statement about Minnesota be be there always constricting me. We work very well together. Like and and I don't think there's any doubt. At least I don't know. I'll ask you this question. I love community based hockey. I love the way Minnesota organizes itself. I just think they could do some things a little bit better. And that's all I'm trying to do is make it a little bit better. Um, And sometimes we don't – we agree to disagree on on those types of things. Um, But for me, it's really difficult uh, to run my business with some of these restrictions. So what do you think is going to happen with – as someone
1: as well with a vested interest in high school hockey, what – What do you think happens here? Do you
0: think we have a season? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, we got good news last night. Uh, Even I think the more and more news that comes out that people are, I think there's going to be a state tournament. I don't know if there's going to be fans in the stands. I think there's going to be high school hockey games. I think it's going to be January 14th is when games will be allowed to be played. So they'll have a 10-day upstart. When do you think the tournament would be? Later um, than I normal. think. It, I think it's going to be. It actually lines up perfect for Easter, um, uh, East because they aren't going to play on Sunday, yep. so they'll play. Believe it or not, they'll have a good Friday. You know, semifinal Friday will be on Good Friday. The hardest part for these guys that they're going to have to figure out is they've stated already that boys and girls are going to be the sa- exact same time. There's not a lot of rinks out there where you can put a really good camera crew. I think Class A boys and girls will be in one building and Class AA boys and girls will be in another. Got it. Got That's it. what I think that has got to be because there's – I mean, one would have to maybe be at Amsoil. Maybe one be at Ritter. Maybe one at TRIA. Maybe at the XL – who knows? I think it's going to happen. It's going to be all happening in one weekend and that hopefully we'll awesome. be hopefully we'll be there, you know. So, okay, I need a
1: little crash course on high school hockey. You're my guy. You're okay. my yeah, yeah. You're my Sid Hartman. You're <laughs> yes, my I am. You're I my, my shooter. Yeah. Okay, so here's what I know. I know there was a really good player at OMG that broke his leg last year and he was a manager which I thought was so cool that he did that. He went to the tournament as a manager, and he's a big-time stud. Don't know if he's still playing high school, yep. so let me run yep. through He'll these. be back. Uh, I know Edina was oddly down, which was strange. I saw them play a couple times. They, they were struggling to score. I don't know. I, I actually saw a dad with a hat that said, Make Edina Great Again, which was <laughs> one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. So I'm curious about my Hornets. Yep. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the Mr. Hockey Guys, I I'm familiar with Leighton Road and White Bear. I don't know what he's doing or where he's playing, but the um and then uh, like what should I be excited about if this was college game day, Saturday morning, the first week of the high school season? What are the little four-minute clips that are getting me super excited?
0: Well, you got to be excited. You 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 nailed it right in the head. Kyle Kukinin uh, and Jackson Hallam are the two best players coming back. Uh, Kyle's at Maple Grove High School. Okay. He'll he's the front runner uh, to be the um, I would say the front runner for being Mr. Hockey. Uh, Jackson Hallam was a third-round draft pick. I'm not sure he's coming back or not. I, I I've Oddly what enough, team is he on? he's St. Thomas Academy. Okay, uh, he might be. Uh, we'll see. Um, he's. I'm not as certain that he'll be back. But I. I did talk to. Oddly enough, that same weekend of the Blue Ox, he called me. I'm like, I'm getting a phone call from Jackson Hallam, and we was talked he, about his senior paper, or senior speech, or some stuff that related to his academics. Was he upset about the one woman without the mask on? <laughs> No, he was not mad about no, that. No <laughs> he, mention. He was. Not, he did not mention okay, that in the phone good. call. Uh, but he's a really sharp kid. Um, I hope he comes back because that makes Saint Thomas the better yep. players. that comes back. Is he more playing good in juniors right now? Yeah, he's okay. with the Gamblers, and it's pretty rare. Sammy Walker did it. Uh, he played as a drafted senior. Uh, when you get drafted in the NHL, there's really no point in staying in high school. But there's a point when you want to win state with your buddies. You yep. know, that's great. Who so, else? So those are the two. Give me me five. That's two. Uh, Well, Luke Middlestat and Carter Batchelder and Drew Holt are three superstars at Eden Prairie. They'll be one of the top teams, if not the top team in the state this year. Who will be the other top teams? Uh, you got Maple Grove. Um, y Z is going to be really good they're just super deep you know you got a big high school 3,000 kids you're going to have four or five sophomores six or seven juniors and eight seniors every year that's what Pat O'Leary gets dumped onto his lap and he'll, he'll have a really nice team this year when they were Bantams uh, two three years ago they were a semifinalist in the Bantam States and they don't lose anybody you know that the key is how many do you lose from the bands? how many do you lose from as this you know matriculates up I mean Maple Grove will Lose, loses uh, Justin Janiky, who's an NHL draft pick, and Brock Faber. Brock Faber should be a senior, could be a senior at Maple Grove High School this year. Instead, he's playing in World Juniors. He's playing. Uh, could you imagine a high school senior playing World Juniors? I don't think he'd be in the World Juniors if he stayed back. So people are like, he should stay home. He's just, I'm like, I think that. So will I he think have to wear a cage? Is he still that young? He's not right.
1: Uh, yeah. He didn't wear a cage in
0: in in the, U, in okay. the national development so program. He's,
1: he's older than. 18. That's under 18. That you wear the cage. Yes,
0: yes, yes. So that would be that uh, teams wise. <sighs> Any
1: fun little single A. You always have a pet project on your hands. Any team you're.
0: Who's gonna be the just, team? You're
1: just going. This is my. This is my. You know, make the heart with your hands. Team. You yeah, know? I'm trying to think. Apollo, what? you had one year. Yeah, I
0: love that team. Uh, I really did. Um, I'm trying to figure out who that team is gonna be. Um. It's really hard to say right out of the gate, but I, if I were to pick a team, that you, if, if Jack Pert uh, from Grand Rapids comes back, you got to think that Grand, Rap- Grand Rapids will be the best team in northern Minnesota, bar none. Rozo will be a really good team. So Rozo and Grand Rapids, if I'm going to do it, I'm, it would be one of those two teams because I think they have a chance to really, really take off this year. So they, they're deep. Both teams are super deep
1: what's a question I didn't ask you that you want to answer
0: oh I don't know that's a really good question um I don't know um, what do I do when I'm not doing this well you do this all the time don't you that would have been my answer I don't really have <laughs> anything else going on I have no life outside of this usually it's something related to one of my three kids so one of my you know one of the things I love to do it's like I'm not a big drinker but I love tailgate parties. Uh, so this was a bad year. My daughter was going to be a freshman at the U. I'm a season ticket holder for Gopher football games. We missed out on six or seven tailgaters. My son's a junior at Iowa State. We missed out on one good tailgate party there.
1: Did Now, have you had success tailgating at Iowa State?
0: Uh, yeah, quite a bit. Quite a bit. Uh, one year we beat West Virginia when Jake was a freshman, and we stormed the field. I've never stormed the field. I had never stormed the field before that point.
1: I always I thought seemed to recall you maybe had some trouble at a tailgate. You couldn't didn't you weren't you kind of in a car for a while?
0: Oh, you know that story? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I did tell you that story. Yeah. Uh, uh, my, uh, I, I, this is a, it's this, a great story, yeah. though. You got to tell it, right? Well, you got to, you got to, because to be fair, you do need to set the landscape up for Yes, people. yeah. So I did pass out at a, within the last year, two years, I did pass out at a, at a uh, tailgate party. But. I, I have some a defense mechanism here. They moved the
1: goalposts on They
0: moved them. They did. So the game was at 11. We start pre-gaming at 8, right? Yeah, normal. Eight. Three hours. We got breakfast. My wife's really good at this. She got the breakfast pizzas, the rolls. We're, doing, we're having a good time. I'm you getting, got a good base. I got a good base. We're going. It starts to rain really hard at 10 o'clock. Lightning, downpour. You get it, right? Uh, we get an announcement. The game got moved to 1 o'clock. So my body was not ready for a plus two hours of pre gaming, and I fell asleep at about twelve forty-five, right before kickoff.
1: I think for an it's hour, it's understandable. I needed a break. It's Just, understandable. I needed a
0: need a little thirty minute
1: nap. Hey Tony. Yeah, it's not your fault. <laughs> so, uh, anything you want to pimp? You want to talk about your book? You want to talk about the sandwich project? You want to talk about? Anything I'm sure they've heard about some of this stuff. But I is think there anything- most everybody
0: knows that I started a project called the Sandwich Project where we we serve, you know, four hundred thousand sandwiches to homeless shelters throughout the Twin Cities every year. It's pretty cool. It's fun. Just another one of those kind of a that was a Jim and Nan Zozel moment, you know, like this guy says, Hey, I need help. I'm like, let's do it and then you tell two friends, tell two friends and the next thing you know there's Half a million sandwiches being made for this group to go out and deliver sandwiches all over the Twin Cities. That's awesome.
1: So, going to finish with two things. All right. Talk about your hockey heart, and what I mean by that is, as a fan, right? So for me, my favorite teams, Team USA. Yep. Anytime like World Juniors, I just love it, love it. and I love uh, go for hockey. Yep. Um, and then it kind of goes f- from there, but those are my two biggest. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Dino Cicerelli, that North Star jersey. I remember the black stripe being added when I was did in. Did you like I the black in, stripe or not? Well, it was. I was in eighth grade. You know, a kid came to school with one, and it was just like, it was just, it was probably the closest thing to sex I had ever <laughs> seen at that age just to see this. We, we had to wear uniforms, and the one day on a Friday you didn't have to wear a uniform. This kid had like the Oh, did the you go pro, to OLG? I did. Okay, this kid right. had a. Probably went to Pro Central in right. Southtown and bought the the new. Uh, and it kind of had the feeling of the Astros, crazy orange and yellow yeah. thing. But uh, so, yeah, you know, Willie Platt, uh, Basil McRae, Churla, Dino, Gophers, USA. That's kind of my little pod of, you know, Neil Broughton's probably the coolest. Uh, he's the real young blood. Yeah. Of Minnesota. What's in your your hockey heart, what's your, you know, your, as a fan.
0: I love underdogs. So no matter what, you know, I love the team that's going to be the underdog. So any team that's got that story uh, or any team that kind of like, I, I thought we were kind of going this direction. I have two teams. And I shouldn't say this terribly public, but there are two teams that I just always love and it's Moorhead and Hermantown. It's because, Literally, if you think of just look from ten thousand feet, like just take hockey out of the equation. You think of Hermantown, Minnesota. People from Minnesota are like, oh yeah, and then there's Hermantown. Like there's no one thinks of Hermantown. Oh, what a beautiful place to live, Moorhead, Minnesota. It's not. I mean, these are not hotbeds of gorgeous landscapes or anything. But these people in both these towns are so passionate about the game, and they're super down to earth. They do everything literally. If there was a handbook for doing everything exactly right, it's Hermantown and Moorhead, and people from that town. Just they just continue to produce really nice people and easygoing people. They participate in all of our stuff, and we work closely with them. And they're just they're just great people. Their co- their head coaches are are high school teachers. I mean, awesome. they're just they're just. True and true. When they win, when those programs win, I get excited. So those when I think of teams, those are the kinds of teams I love to cheer for. How about so how about players? So
1: my favorite type of player is mostly anybody that um, Keith Kachuk gave birth to. Um, <laughs> so I like high high skill American born pricks, you know, like hard to play against high skill like i matthew kachuk is just my favorite you know yep. kind of guy that if you're in the world juniors um he's going to in three days decide he hates some russia and yeah. canada and the entire halifax arena is going to hate him but he's also going to maybe score the winning goal right and and you know duck walk by the bench um that's kind of my what type of
0: player do you like well, you're kind of describing it right there. I mean, it has to, has to be American born, and ha- usually has to be Minnesotan born. And I again, maybe it's, it's my personality, but I kind of like guys that don't give a shit. To be honest with you, just they they are they don't they don't care if the camera's there. They just love being there, and they don't care who's there. They don't care if they're going to get um, the player of the game award. They're not going to be mad if someone else on their team gets the award. So there's a few kids that just over the years I've just really started to like. I'm like, I really like that kid. They don't really care. You know, Ryder Donovan was one of them. Kyle Kukin another one, this kid. He's just one of those kids that just who plays with a ton of passion. There's another kid coming up named Max Plant. He doesn't care. There's a, another band this year named Teddy Townsend from Eden Prairie. I asked this coach once I go, well, should I give him the player of the game or this kid the player of the game? He goes, oh, don't give it to Teddy. He'd crap his pants. Meaning he doesn't want any attention brought. A lot of these kids don't want attention brought to themselves, and they just, and they play that way. And those are the ones I just love following and, and seeing hopefully they succeed. I love that. So I'm going to
1: give you one compliment, and then we'll ask the final question. I would just say this was great because I really got to know you better. Yeah. Um, as Specifically, I I think – what people need to know about Tony is he's the guy uh, pulling trophies out of his car, um, running in, spilling his coffee on his shirt so that, you know, he can get the stats right uh, for your kid at the tournament and and make sure that they're doing everything the way they're supposed to be doing it. And, oh, by the way, he's going to make sure the trophy's cool enough that the kids want to put it on their uh, social media because he made this – Thing and I, I think you probably don't get enough credit for that, just kind of you are a grinder, you know. If I go back to your parents and and your even the fact that your heroes are Sid and and Shooter, um, you really just want to be the glue, you're still that same guy organizing the games by your neighborhood, you just happen to be doing it at the Squirtacular, right? And for anybody out there who you know, I always say the world is filled with, if there's 100 people, there's a couple people doing stuff, and 98 complaining about how stuff is done. So if you're a hockey family in the state of Minnesota, you should be damn happy that uh, Tony is is doing stuff for your kids. So legacy-wise, you're 10 years in. Where do you want to go from here? Uh, maybe look ahead 10 years uh, what kind of things do you want to turn the volume up on maybe stuff you don't want to be doing as much of just give me a little snapshot that we can listen to this 10 years from now and see how close you got
0: i would think that we would youth hockey hub would be a force in coverage of the game of hockey in minnesota That's what I. I don't really care if it's uh, the use of tournaments and and programming is the way we get there, Uh, but that has to be our number one focus. Um, So if I look back ten years from now, or you know, ten years ahead. I look back and am like, yeah, they really cranked up the content. They really cranked up uh, the delivery of of great photos and, 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 and great broadcasts and great programming, great podcasts and video stuff. That's really where I want us to be. That's what I want my legacy to be, be known more for media and less known for putting on great tournaments. You want to be the authority.
1: Yes. That's awesome. Well, hey, I had a pleasure uh, talking to the teddy bear today. <laughs> And I think this is my day's getting better already. I got a miniature crackle candy bar to eat, and I still got some of my coffee. You got to drink your coffee too. So thank you, Tony.
0: And thanks for what you do for everybody. And thanks for having me. Well, John, thank you for uh, participating in this interview. I had a blast. My face turned red basically the entire podcast. Uh, uh, if you if you could do us both a favor, uh, John has uh, got some programming of his that's sponsored by the Minnesotan. Uh, YH is sponsored by the Minnesotan. I've had a lot of people come to me in the last week and say, hey, I, I went and spent some money at the Minnesotan. I really appreciate it. You're not doing, uh, you'd be doing us both a favor by, by just spending a little bit of money uh, at the Minnesotan, whether it's one of the really cool hats or sweatshirt or buy your wife something you can you've got about 20 or 30 really good choices to get your wife something there at the Minnesotan. you get a 15 percent discount if you use YHH online or if you go in the store uh, for John King I'm Tony Scott thanks for tuning in to today's interview.